So I am happy to hear that you are breaking your YouTube addictions. It's a bad one. As these various online entertainment attention economy addictions go, YouTube addictions can be pretty bad because these videos have a way of sucking up your time. And then the auto recommendation, you jump over somewhere else and that sucks up your time because it requires less outlay of energy to watch than it does say even to read something. You can go down rabbit holes on YouTube that tend to be much longer than, let's say, on Twitter or Facebook, because there at least you're, you have to read, right? There's like more energy that's being expended. So uh, I'm glad you recognize the the challenge of YouTube. And I'm glad you listened to my advice to take that seriously. I want to throw a caveat in there for other people who who maybe are wary about YouTube but not having quite as strong as a problem as you had, which is there is still a use for YouTube. You have to be careful. The way I like to think about it is YouTube can be a library or it can be a channel. So when it plays the role of a library, it just means it's a place in which videos on most topics can be found. It has a really good content delivery network, so videos play really quickly. It has really good support on smart TVs and browsers and phones, so it's a very convenient library for looking up and watching video. So if you've heard about an interview, for example, with someone that you want to see, huh, YouTube is great to go find that interview. If you need to figure out how to fix something in your house, you can probably find a YouTube video that shows you exactly how to do it. When you're using YouTube as a library to go look up particular things, it's great for that because as a video platform, it has really good technology. Where it causes trouble is if you use it as an entertainment channel, like we used to use channels on the television, where it's, I'm going to aim my attention at YouTube and let it entertain me. I'm looking for distraction. This can provide distraction. Let me spend some time on YouTube. And that's where you fall down the rabbit holes. That's where it becomes really addictive. That's where you also run risks of things like intellectual radicalization on all sorts of topics. That's dangerous. So for those who are wary about YouTube but feel like there is some use, this is how I think you can navigate between those costs and benefits. Use it as a library. Never use it as an entertainment channel. If you need to find something, go find it on YouTube. If you need to distract or entertain yourself, find something else to distract or entertain yourself with. If you do not trust yourself to ignore those auto recommendations, get a plugin, only access it on your computer, have a plugin like distraction-free tube that strips the website of those auto recommendations. You can search for a video, find the video, watch the video. Nothing else starts, nothing else is recommended. That was a clip from the latest episode, episode 66 of the Deep Questions with Cal Newport podcast. And I think the topic of YouTube is something that maybe we don't all talk about enough. It's a big part of my life. I think I spend at least an hour on it every day. And uh, maybe that sounds high, but yeah, like my statistics don't lie. And it's kind of ridiculous. So, I mean, I, I have two things. Like I, I try not to click on recommendations and I also pay YouTube uh, for the premium subscription. So uh, whatever it is, $15, $17 a month is worth it for not worrying about ad load. Uh, in exchange, I do have to uh, make sure to set timers um, like parental controls on myself so that I don't binge on YouTube because it's so easy to binge. In particular, when I heard this clip, I immediately installed the distraction-free YouTube Chrome extension. Even if I click one less recommendation and spend 15 minutes less a week watching a recommended video, that adds up to 13 hours a year. And that's real time that I get back for myself. So I wish that upon you as well. In general, I've been really enjoying Cal Newport's podcast and recommend that you check it out as well. I love that he doesn't take himself too seriously. He is a productivity guru and he answers a lot of deep work, deep life questions. And it's a little bit of a ridiculous position. So I like that he makes fun of himself.
I think Tim Ferriss has invested some money in in some of the research efforts. I think they're looking at like microdosing of some psychedelics and treatments of depression. So I've I've heard him talk about this as well. But if Pollen and Ferris and and uh, these other advocates of medical intervention through psychedelics are correct, you might be on something here. I wouldn't be surprised if more people will have access to this approach to sharpening their understanding of a deep life. Which makes this a good time for me to introduce Scott Young and I's new venture, which is a psychedelics and marijuana dispensary. It's called the Deep Toke. And I recommend, okay, guys, I'm joking. I'm just, I'm just feeling bad about how much implicit advertising I'm accidentally doing in this show. So now I'm just straight up making fun of myself. 